If you would like a $2.2 million pension plan that contributes $105,000 a year in income to you, no, this is not an episode from Fantasy Island. Pay attention in this upcoming episode. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? You know, uh, having a wonderful day. Well, no, I'm going to be, let's be honest here. Um, It's been a challenging day here so far. I was going to, I had to put on a big giant smile to do the opening intro. I had actually had about three, four takes on it. You know, I had to try to be positive. It's been one of those days here so far. It's one of those ones when you, you know, when when I first decide to get to my email, it's usually around 10, 10, 11 o'clock in the day. The mornings are kind of for a routine. I like to get, you know, get some exercise, get some really good meditations in. I do some reading, listen to some motivational podcasts. And then when I decide to jump into the old inbox and, you know, tackle the day, get into the real world, if you will. Uh, The first note that I come across on this is, oh, potential flood in your unit, or sorry, a flood originated in my unit, which then went to another unit in in a complex in a building that I have. Uh, Just one of those things you just have to deal with sometimes. And you know what? Floods happen. It was just one of those things after a, a little bit of a choice... I had to, you know, just calmly just start dealing with it. I've had a few, sorry, maybe have I had, I've had two claims in 23 years of insurance and they, they both have paid, but holy macaroni insurance sure puts up, uh, puts up a stink about paying money. They're very happy to take your money. They're very happy to take all your, uh, take your, your premiums and take all the money uh, for insurance policies. But when it comes time for them to start paying, holy macaroni, they sure put up a stink about them having to pay. So anyways, maybe I'll give you a quick update on how this goes down the road. But, you know, we had to send off a note to the insurance company to start getting the claims and find out where it's going. One of the insurances that I do have has um, condo strata coverage. So the the strata is going to probably cover the damages in the water, but they have a deductible. And in some cases, in this case, it's I think it's a $100,000 deductible that the condo has. And the first 50000 they will bill to the unit owner. Now, in the past, when I've had this happen, um, it's great that I have insurance to cover condo deductible. But my insurance company is, was very, very slow to pay. And then the condo insurance was sitting there going, oh, by the way, you know, here's your $50,000 bill. How are you going to pay for this? And I go, well, my insurance can pay for it. Um, no, we need payment now. I go, well, I don't have $50,000 in my bank account. Thank you very much. And they're going, no, well, we'll just put it on your on your account and we're going to assess it to you. And oh, by the way, uh, you know, if you don't pay, we can potentially foreclose on you. And I'm just like, oh man, come on. You know, this is going through insurance. And, and in this case, I might get the the time wrong, but I think my insurance paid took six or seven months to pay out for what they owed, and it all it all worked out in the end. And we had to pay a deductible, and I think it was you know it was at that time it was a thousand. I think it's now twenty five hundred, but for six months while they weren't paying out that you know fifty thousand dollars, my condo board was coming after me left, right, and center for me to pay it. I just kept trying to push him back and push him back and go, guys, it's coming. Insurance is coming. And I, you know, anyways, long-winded way of saying, 
have insurance. Um, it's one of those sometimes necessary evils <laughs> with, with when it comes to this game of, of real estate investing. And you know what? Sometimes just stuff happens. And sometimes, oh, let me do this. Sometimes happens. It really does. Oh, anyways. Okay. On to a positive note for today's episode. What are we? Episode number 154. And in this episode, what I've decided to do was I've been asked to um, come out to some live events of late and present my, um, you know, my three, two, one free program. So for many of you, if you've been following along on my podcast, I think I released it in like episode 34, 35 or something. And now we're like 120 episodes deep later. And some of you maybe have not heard that episode or maybe have not gone through it. It's one of my popular, most popular episodes, one of my post po- most popular trainings, one of my most popular video things. It's, it's a cornerstone. It truly is a cornerstone of a core fundamental that I train people on. And so what I decided to do is I've been going out to some live events and I've been presenting this live to a room full of people. Yeah, go figure, live human beings again. And um, so I decided to update the YouTube video and update the podcast. And that's what you're about to listen to here. Now, I'm not going to set it up with too much more information. I think I do a very good job of setting it up from the very beginning. But the entire... And I've added to it. Like I've truly have taken all the numbers and redid all the numbers, reworked all the numbers. I've added to it. I've added more depth to it. Each of the questions that I keep getting on to help deepen the insights into it, I just keep adding to it and updating it. So if you're interested in learning how to build a real estate pension plan, a a pension plan funded by your real estate, something that when you're done, you know, potentially, and I'm going to use air quotes of working, um, because you know, many of you, you, you love what you do and you're going to love, keep loving what you're doing within real estate. When you decide to maybe pivot or change, you have a portfolio of properties over here that will contribute to your day-to-day living expenses. Okay. And I've completely updated it with new numbers. Um, I've done a case study here. If any of you are interested in hearing the real life of what it takes. I, I share some unpopular, some controversial topics. And I actually share, I put a, a segment in here that I don't know if I've shared before. And it's, I call it, it's the one slide with the, you know, some painful lessons from the refi to you die program. And if any of you are on that program, um, you, you may, that may really resonate and may land with you is that whole part. But anyways, with all that being said, I have a, a lot of details to get into here. There's a lot of information. It's all brand new. It's fresh. It's updated. And this is one of my cornerstones that I firmly believe that each and every real estate investor must go through. And you must have some form of a plan like this in place. Now, with all that being said, having a plan is wonderful. Having a plan is significantly better than no plan. But the most important thing is that you execute against that plan. Okay, gang, with all that being said, make sure you stick around right to the very end. I actually have a very important question I'd love to ask you at the end, in the in the end of this presentation. And maybe it could be something that we could even take this another step and deepen it even more. Okay, gang, I sure hope you love the updated presentation on the three two, one free program. 
Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. And you know what? Um, I've been delivering this presentation um, live style again. Hey, you know what? Go figure. Live style. Getting out in front of people again and delivering it live in front of a real group of people. And I've been updating it. And it's been a few years. I was actually just looking back on the old YouTubes. And it's been a few years since I um, uploaded a presentation to YouTube about building your real estate pension plan. So sometimes a live environment, live presentation doesn't uh, translate as well as a um, in-studio presentation. So what I've decided to do is take the feedback from all that, jump into the old studio here, get all the good studio lights and get the good cameras going here and cut you guys a up-to-date with the up-to-date numbers presentation on helping you build your real estate pension plan. Now, first and foremost, before we dive into it, uh, this is a time I usually ask a lot of the people in the audience, like who does have a pension, you know, and I have a lot of fun with the audience and inter interacting with them and who's got a pension, what's the definition of a pension? Do you have a pension? Do you have a pension? And um, and then we dive into that a little bit. And, and here's what I've been finding is by and large within the entrepreneurial community and within real estate investors, um, very few people actually have a pension. So what does that all mean? That all means that you need to take 100% control and you need to take 100% ownership to delivering and building out your own real estate pension. And then usually what I ask at this time is, you know, what is the definition of a pension? So if you're watching this on YouTube, maybe type in the comments below, what is your definition of a pension? I found something on Online and I, it really resonated with me. And it, it really said is a simple definition is a regular income paid to somebody who no longer works. Right. So if you really think about it, that's a good definition of what a pension is. And for most people, you can't rely on your CPP anymore. You can't rely upon a job pension anymore because I don't know about you. I don't know if the last time you got your CPP document from the government and what was it like $14 and 74 cents every two weeks? Yeah, that ain't going to quite cut it. So, gang, we need to take ownership to building out our own pension and moving forward with that. Okay, so here's what I'm going to share with you today. So here's my big bold promise for you is I'm going to help you build a safe, secure and scalable real estate pension without stress. Now, if that sounds of interest to you, by all means, type in the comments below or if you're listening to this on podcast, you know, type in there and give some feedback on a hell yeah, let's do this. So like I said, I'm going to walk you through all the revised numbers, walk you through all the insights into this as well. This is the slide that I'm going to go through the quickest here is this is this is me if I have not had a chance to introduce myself. First of all, hi, how's it going? <laughs> I'm Russell Westcott. What I do is I help real estate investors start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. I'm an investor. I'm an author. I'm a coach. I've been doing this game for more than 20, geez, I'm coming on 25 years. Bought my first place. I learned this whole concept and dove into the whole world of real estate investing right around the year 2000. I then bought my first place in 2002. I went on a tear for buying a whole bunch of properties and, and maybe I'll save that story for another day, but that was one of the wor worst decisions I've could have made was I bought way too many properties way too fast. I didn't support it with the infrastructure around it to support um, the business. And you know what? And some of those mistakes I'm still paying for today, but I'm still active in the business. I recently bought a property just in, 20, early 2023, um, continually writing offers. And every day I literally am analyzing deals. Every day I'm helping people um, with helping them move forward. So I'm 
full-time in the business. I'm full-time in this game of real estate investing. I'm full-time helping others. And, and the last thing I'm going to just share before I move on here is I've been thoroughly blessed with amazing mentors in my life. And I, it's, it's almost my obligation and my duty to pass along everything I've learned over the past 25 years from amazing mentors that I've stood on their shoulders. It's my obligation and my duty to share that with the next generation. It's my obligation and my duty to help others that are just getting started in real estate investing, or maybe you've been on this path for quite a while and you're just feeling a little stuck and you need that next next level of where to go. That is what I'm all about. And that's how I'm helping people move forward. Okay, gang. So that's what uh, we're going to talk about here today. But what I'm going to share with you here is I'm going to share with you how to build out a real estate pension. Now, I've been sharing this plan for, for quite a while now. And interesting of note is that I have a, <laughs> some unpopular and there's some controversial topics that I'm about to share with you here as well. And I, I don't know why they're controversial and I don't know why they're, uh, people will argue with me. And it's totally fine. Everybody has a different strategy and everyone has a different plan on what they're going to do within their real estate investing. And um, you have your plan. I have my plan. You have your risk profile. I have my risk profile. You are in different phases in, in your career. I'm in a different phase in my career. So we're all, we're all different. We're all unique. But what I'm going to share with you is from my perspective of doing this for 25 plus years. I'm going to share with you the, you know, the lenses that I look at through this from there of just helping out tens of thousands of real estate investors, plus also being full-time in this business for, for pretty much 25 years myself. So that's what I'm really going to share with you is I'm going to share with you some unpopular and controversial topics. Okay, so first and foremost, um, unpopular topic number one is it this will take time I'm, I'm not here to sugarcoat this in any way shape or form this will take time this will take work this is slow and steady it will be difficult it will be challenging you won't know what you're doing you'll be pulling your hair out some days but sometimes you have to start before you're ready. And sometimes you just have to just lean into the unknown. And sometimes you just have to grow the wings on the way down. But I'm here to tell you is this is going to take time. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. And you know, most people out there when they're, you know, if somebody was ever trying to share something, a, a marketing system or a marketing message, all they want to do is they want to do how easy it is, how simple it is, how fast it is. And here's the amazing results you're going to get in no time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, my belief, is to tell you the truth. And this is the truth that I'm sharing with you is the truth from 25 plus years is it will take time. It will be difficult, right? This is going to be a very simple plan. It's very simple, but it's not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, some people might say this is a very boring plan and that's okay too, right? But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. Now, for the, some of you are sitting there going, okay, Russ, um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. It's going to take some time. Um, yeah, you're you're not really selling me on this whole game of real estate, and you're not really selling me on this whole pension plan thing here, Russ. Um, stick with me right through to the very end. So here's the thing. When I'm about to show with you a plan on how to do this in 15 years or less versus maybe working a full-time job for 40 years or more, who knows, right? So it, it will be probably a quicker, shorter path than the traditional route you've been 
taught all these years, but it's going to be 100% difficult. It's going to be 100% challenging. It's going to be simple. It's not easy. And I'm actually going to share with you a plan here too about paying off debts and how do you get a portfolio free and clear. The interesting thing of having a free and clear portfolio, that is probably one of the conversation topics that people will talk to me about. And it's the one that's the most controversial is people will argue with me and they go, well, why would you ever want to have free and clear properties? You know, leverage, use leverage, be smart with this, all this kind of stuff. Stick with me here, gang. And I'll also preface this in a second here about what I'm not saying at the same time. I know that sounds a little odd is what I'm not saying here, but but just stick with me here for, for a minute as well. Okay, but here's a couple lessons that I want to share with you as well. Now, maybe you've heard the old term, you know, the refi till you die program. So here are a few painful lessons that I have learned. I subscribed. I was full on 100% hook, line and sinker of the refi till you die program. Literally is, man, I've got this portfolio of properties. Uh, I, I've owned it. Holy moly. It's, I'm into it six months in. It's got $20,000 of equity. Who's got an RSP? Where could I suck all that equity? And then you call, call your mortgage broker back again and you just pull every dollar out. It's like literally the refi till you die program. And a lot of people are on that. And I was on that program. And I'm going to share some of the lessons that I've learned from being on the refi to you die program. Number one is living off borrowed money is very a slippery slope. It is a very slippery slope about just living off borrowed money. That is not a long-term success formula of living off borrowed money. And the other thing I learned too is borrowed money is not profits and borrowed money is not cash flow. Right. So, for example, you sit there and maybe you go, well, you refied a portfolio and you pulled out two hundred thousand dollars. And oh, look what I'm going to do now. I'm going to retire the retire my spouse and I'm going to go live off of this. I've got two years of cash in the bank. And, um, you know, you just sit there and you live off of the borrowed money. And that's not a recipe for, for success. It really isn't. And, and ask me how I know that. Right. Is one of the biggest mistakes I made was living off of borrowed money, which is a very slippery slope and it is a it is a uh it's on the road to nowhere it's not only maybe going to reframe that it's on a road to to uh ruin quite quickly to be honest so just understand that borrowed money is not profits and borrowed money is not cash flow so just make sure you use the debt use the leverage like a tool and the analogy i use a lot when it comes to borrowing money and leverage i use this analogy all the time is let's uh, let's take the analogy of borrowing money in the mortgages is like a chainsaw. It's a tool. It's a tool for a job. And a chainsaw in the hands of a professional, a lumberjack, a chainsaw in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing, literally can make a log house. A chainsaw in the hands of somebody who knows what to do and can carve a totem pole. A chainsaw in the hands of somebody who knows what can do it can actually know exactly where to chainsaw and cut the part of the tree to have that tree fall between a four-foot gap, right? But at the same time, a chainsaw in the hands of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, a chainsaw in the hands of somebody who's not experienced could literally lose a limb. Okay, so there's the best analogy I would use with this. It is a tool for the job. Now, the other things I know very quickly as well as markets and rates shift. When I'm in a recording this one, we're in a part of the rate cycle where rates have gone up. They've actually significantly gone up. They've plateaued for, for, for now. Who knows if they're going to go up again or if they might go down again, but rates are actually high. You can't always rely on cheap 
free money, rates move. Other things too is markets move at the same time too. When you were maybe thinking about that you were going to sell that flip house for $100,000 more and all of a sudden now it's $100,000 less but you can't rent it and it's now a significantly negative cash flow property to hang on to. Markets and rates shift. The other thing here too, and this is a term that I recently heard was called SWAN, S-W-A-N, sleep well at night. Sometimes when you have a portfolio over here, so let's say you just have this portfolio here of properties that are free and clear, and you'll literally sit there and go, hmm, free and clear properties. I just saw a newspaper article that the Bank of Canada might be raising interest rates again. Hmm. I guess that really doesn't matter to me on this portfolio over here because I don't have any mortgages on it. Now, and here's the analogy I use. So let's just say you go into your, your friendly uh, Starbucks and you're in that Starbucks uh, having a cup of coffee with a, a friend and you have a portfolio over here and I'll share the numbers with you in a second. And you have this portfolio over here that's free and clear and your friend has the same size of portfolio and it's levered up to 80% loan to value and maybe the values are starting to come down. Maybe it's not only 80% loan to value, maybe it's like 85, 90% loan to value now. And all of a sudden you're having your your coffee. First of all, the, the, one, the person who's levered up to 80, 85% is on like their fourth cup of coffee coffee and they're just jittery and they're going, oh my goodness, oh, what do you think is going to happen with the interest rates? What's going to happen with the interest rate? What do you happen over here? What do you what do you think the Bank of Canada is going, oh, that dang Tiff, Tiff Macklin, oh, I'm so tiffed at him. Oh, man, I'm so tiffed at Tiff, right? And then, uh, you, so then the other person is sitting there sipping on a tea, right? And having a tea with, you know, pinky up, if you will. Ooh, pinky up and having the tea and they're going, hmm, interest rates. Yeah, maybe they are going up. I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't have any mortgages on these properties over here. But you know what? I actually hope the interest rates go up. And the other person go, why would you hope the interest rates go up? Well, the, the other guy, person who's free and clear is going, you know, if the interest rates go up, I actually probably raise my rents over here and I'll actually get more cash flow out of this as well. So here's the thing, gang, is... I'm not saying have no mortgages and I'm not saying be debt averse. I'm saying maybe have a portfolio, have a small portfolio over here that are free and clear for something that you can just sleep well at night. And then the last one here, and this is the one that was probably the biggest uh, eye opener for me. And that's why I include this picture of a, a family here is when you actually start thinking about legacy planning, when you start thinking about planning for the future, when you start thinking about handing down those assets to other family members to charitable donations, and you pass that legacy on, um, do you want to pass on a portfolio that might be free and clear? Or do you want to pass along a portfolio that's levered up to the nines? And it's uh, significantly um, up to the eyeballs in debt and mortgages. So if you're thinking about legacy, if you think about planning that, eventually you want to have a plan to have all those mortgages paid off. Now, here's a, a quote that I have here as well that I'm going to share with you in a second. But and I know this sounds really weird, is but what does this program and what does this training I'm about to tell you not say? What it does not say is to be debt averse and that you're never going to take a mortgage. As a matter of fact, I'm quite um, aggressive when it comes to leverage. I'm quite aggressive when it comes to mortgages. But here's the thing is, do you have a portfolio a small portfolio over here that might have no mortgages on it, that you're 100% risk-free almost. That's a tough thing to say, 100% risk-free. But let's call it this. Maybe you're virtually risk-free if you have no mortgages as well. And then here's a quote that I share with people all the time. If your real estate plan doesn't have a plan to own some properties free and clear, you don't 
have a plan. So you might want to just take a picture of that one, gang. Take a picture of that one. Tweet that one out, if you will, or Facebook it out or share it or whatever. You should have, I'm not saying every one of your properties to have be free and clear, but you should have a, a small portion of your portfolio to be free and clear. So have I maybe set the context enough for everybody here? And and gang, you know what? We're, we're, we're here to just deliver some fire, right? That's what we're here to do is just bring the fire. And, you know, often when we bring fire, we, you know, a bomb or two gets dropped. And that's what we're about to share with you is we're about to share the numbers, about to share the five phases of this plan. Okay, so here's the framework. And I'm a firm believer that everybody can do this. Every single person, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been in this business for 20, 30, 40 years, you can 100% do this. Now, here's one of the things that's been very heartening for me to see when I've been going out and delivering this presentation to a live environment is I'm seeing a lot of uh, brand new people, people in their early 20s that are seeing and learning this framework. Now, here's the thing that I share, and I, I wish... I truly do. I wish I could jump in the old time machine, the old DeLorean, fire up the flux capacitor and go back to when I first got started in 2000 to 2002. I wish I had heard this presentation. I wish I had heard somebody share these insights uh, on this presentation. I would have looked at real estate a little bit differently. I, I truly would have. And that's one of my goals and one of my intentions, especially if you're starting, is for you to look at real estate a little bit different. Um, you don't need hundreds. You don't need thousands of places in order to generate a, a, a really nice income. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm not going to tell you don't go for it. I'm not going to tell you to aim higher and reach for the brass ring and go for the gusto. Gusto. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But I'm here to tell you is let's build a plan. Let's build a safe and secure plan over here so you have all your day-to-day -day needs taken care of. And then you go for the gusto over here. Okay, and you build something just massive over here, but you always have the golden goose that keeps laying the golden egg over here. All right. So that's my belief. And, and this is something that I've been literally sharing for the past couple of years. This is a, a program that, um, you know, I sat down on a whiteboard and I would just say, now go, what have I learned over these past 20 plus years? And what can I share with people on building out this robust plan. And this is what I came up with was um, what I'm going to share with you here today. Now it's evolved, it's pivoted and it's changed. Now here's the one thing I'm going to share with you as well is um, I'm going to be talking about a plan. Okay. And this plan is going to have multiple phases. It's going to happen over a period of time. And the plan I'm going to put in time frame here is 15 years. A lot can happen in 15 years. And there's like 4,000 variables to happen all lined up in a row. So, so don't you know, it's not 100% exact step by step by this, but you know what? At least start with a plan. At least start with a thought process. At least start with a framework. And that's what we're going to start with here. Because what's the old saying is, you know, man plans while God laughs, or is it God laughs while man plans? So you're going to at least have a plan and you're going to work towards it every single month. You're going to work towards it. But understand there's lots of pivots, there's lots of changes, and there's like 4,000 variables that you're going to have in this whole plan as you move forward. Okay, so here's the goal. And here's the goal that I want to share with everybody here is number one is we're going to help you build a personal 2.2 million dollar pension plan with $105,000 per year of income in 15 years or less. Now, if this is the goal that you want to do, if this is, you know, like a 
heck yeah, right? Wherever you're watching it or wherever you're 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 doing this, you know, drop in a drop in some fire, right? If you will, drop in a flame. This is flame rust, right? We're just doing this. We're dropping a bomb, right? This is the goal, okay? At like I said, the goal is going to be fairly set in stone. The path, the process on how we get there is going to change and pivot over time. So here's the real estate investing pension framework is it's called the three, two, one free program altogether. Three, two, one free, three, two, one free. Okay. I know, I know that's quite annoying now, especially if you're on audio is that you're going to eventually buy a portfolio of properties and the ratio is going to be buy three, sell two, keep one free and clear. Now it's pretty, pretty creative, right? Buy three, sell two, keep one free and clear. A little marketing flair to it as well. But the math holds. It really does hold. And it's been built upon people that have done this in the past. It's been built upon um, successful uh, real estate entrepreneurs that have been there before you. And that's what we're going to share with you here is the three, two, one free framework. All right. Now, so from here, we're going to do is it's going to be the goal is let's break it down a little bit more because clarity is power is in 15 years, you're going to have a free and clear portfolio. It's going to be a five phase plan. It's going to be scalable and customizable. You know, if it's too small, you can add zeros. If it's too big, you can subtract zeros. It is totally customizable for you based upon wherever you're at. If you find three, two, one free is too small, or what I'm going to share with you is nine, six, three here in a second. If you find that too small, add a zero. You know, do, buy 90, sell 60, keep 30. How about that? Scale it up, 10 exit, 10x plus it, if you will. And But the ratio is going to be the same. It's going to be the framework of three, two, one, free. All right, gang? So phase one. So step number one is you're going to learn this presentation, whether you're at this as a live event or whether you're just seeing this on a YouTube video here. As you attend this, you learn the framework. Step number one is then you're going to be in acquisition phase. You're going to just go hard, hardcore for five years where you're going to acquire properties. Then after that, you're going to manage those properties for the phase two is manage and pay down. You're going to then optimize your portfolio. Then you're going to get into planning and preparation. How do you structure it? How do you start looking to eventually get to step number four is divest and pay off. And I think I added another framework into this, uh, another step into this as well, which we will get to this. But here's the concept, and I've shared this with you earlier, is you want to have the golden goose, right? The golden goose that keeps laying the golden egg. That's the key framework that you want to think about is you want to make sure you just every month, the golden goose just keeps laying the golden egg for you. All right. Okay. So here's the case study that I'm going to share with you here today is buy nine properties, sell six, keep three free and clear case study. And I'm going to walk you through the tactics first. I'm going to walk you through each of the phases first. And then after we go through each of the phases, what then I'm going to do after that is I'm going to use real numbers based upon some uh, real properties in, in a real market. And I'm just going to show you the case study. Okay. So phase one is acquisition. So years zero to five. Remember, you just learned this and you're going to go hardcore learning this. You're going to go out there and you're going to buy assets. You're going to acquire properties. You're going to get 
very aggressive in all your acquisition strategies. You're going to acquire nine properties in five years, about two per year. So every six months, you are going to buy another property. Every six months. You're going to be busy. This is going to take a lot of time and effort. You're going to be having to go out there and network and shake the tree. You're going to learn how to, how to raise capital. You're going to learn how, you're going to have to have the ability to qualify for financing. You or somebody you know, or somebody else in your network, or somebody is going to have to qualify for financing during this time frame. Your properties must be cash flow positive or at worst break even, or probably what I would encourage you to do is have positive cash flow properties that you take that money and then you reinvest it back in. You don't pull any of the cash flow out, right? And it could be something fairly small and marginal. And I, I'm going to dive into that when I get into the real numbers of a portfolio here in a second. So that's phase one acquisition. Phase number two is you're going to manage and you're going to pay down. You're going to go really hardcore once you have those properties acquired and they're in your portfolio from year six to 10 is you're going to have impeccable management. You're going to then maybe at the same time, you're going to learn some money making strategies, right? You're going to learn maybe some redevelopment. You're going to maybe do a few flips. You're going to do some wholesaling, maybe agreements for sale, maybe some private lending, additional income. Maybe you're going to really work hard in, within your another business and you're going to make money. You're going to live life at the same time, because, but your the plan is that you're going to impeccably manage your properties and you're going to start buying down mortgages, right? You're going to start having some natural um, mortgage uh pay down naturally, like every year, right? Like, remember, like every year you sit there at this time of year, you, you get those documents from your, from your mortgage lender. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we jump back to the conclusion, our strategic partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another important mortgaging tip. All right, take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. As mortgage qualifications have tightened for residential properties between one and four units due to the rising interest rates, you may find it harder to switch lenders for better terms at renewals or qualify for the full mortgage amount on a purchase or a refinance. You may also find that you have to switch from an A lender to a B lender or from a B lender to a private mortgage at higher costs to get your deals done. Under the regular residential mortgage qualifications, the lenders typically look at your personal income, any rental income you earn, along with any debts that are on your balance sheet. They look at these things to approve the file and basically if the numbers do not fit within their guidelines of gross debts and total debt coverage, they will typically cut down the loan amount or decline the deal altogether. I am about to share with you today some new programs that are available to you on the street to overcome the approval hurdles. As the lenders under these programs are able to go above their typical guidelines of gross debts and total debt coverage to approve the deals. So let's take a quick dive into these programs and I would love to highlight for you the things that matter that can help you. The first program is called the Net Worth and Wealth Based Program. Under that program, lenders would take into consideration any non-real estate assets that you own, including registered, non-registered investments, and of course, cash. Some lenders will lend dollar for dollar 
against this net worth above and beyond what you would qualify for under the typical guidelines. And some lenders would take a percentage of that net worth and add it back to your income to help qualify the deal. The second set of programs are called the extended ratios programs. Very technical term here. Under these programs, the lenders would basically approve your file if the ratios are high, but up to a certain limit. And for doing that, they will add what's called a rate premium to the interest rate. So essentially, you're going to get your deal approved, but you're going to pay a little more from an interest rate standpoint. The third program is for self-employed clients. So if you are self-employed, some pay, some banks right now are offering programs that allow adding a percentage of your corporate net income after taxes or professional income from the corporation to your personal income to help you qualify. Lastly, commercial financing for residential properties. Under the commercial option, we can actually look at your residential portfolio as a business and see if we can support the requested loan amount. There is also CMHC insured options for properties that are at five units or above or properties that are adjacent to each other. For example, if you have two fourplexes that are sharing the property line or are next to each other, we can look at that under commercial financing as an eight units apartment building. I would suggest though using commercial financing as a last resort after exhausting all of your residential options because under this option you will encounter higher costs, your amortization will tend to be shorter than 30 years unless you qualify for the CMHC programs and options under the commercial umbrella are limited for smaller loan amounts below a million dollars. And here is something that investors don't think about thoroughly. In commercial financing, if we're financing residential properties under these guidelines, the lenders will tend to tag what's called a blanket commercial mortgage on your properties. And what that means is that it's, it's, it's a mortgage that's gonna tie your properties at the hip under one mortgage. So this limits your flexibility down the road. So it's something important to consider. These new solutions that I've highlighted for you today are making it possible for investors to continue to scale, consolidate debts and switch lenders to save on renewals. They're also available for primary residences and rentals. So if you feel that you have hit a wall with financing due to the changing lending environment today, I invite you to explore these options, which can unlock new possibilities for you. Reach out to my team at info at streetwisemortgages.com. You know those documents that you get from your mortgage lender every time of this year, your mortgage pay down statements, your ad... I, I, I guess they're not technical, the mortgage pay down statements. They're your annual mortgage statement that I like looking at how much principal has been paid down. But every year, your tenant is paying down the mortgage for you. So every year, those numbers get significantly quite uh, high. And as time goes on, they accelerate and they move forward and they move forward with some velocity at the same time. 
And then what you do is at the same time during this phase of year six to 10, when you're optimizing your portfolio and you're paying down some mortgages, you want to cull the herd. If a property is just not performing, you get rid of it. You maybe replace it with something new. Maybe you bought a new property, you know, at the beginning and now it's year 10 and the new property, maybe a few things are needing to do. You pass that new property or that 10 year old property onto the next owner. They have to pay that and you replace that property with another brand new one that's under warranty. That's one of the reasons why I love new construction properties is you potentially own it when it's all fresh and brand new. You don't have those big, large maintenance bills. And then when it gets to a point, say year seven to 10, you sell that on to the next person and they have to pay for all those things going forward. Okay. So that's years six to 10. Now we're talking phase three planning and preparation. So now you're in the phase where you just will really go hardcore into some planning. You're going to, this is years 11 through 15. You're going to continue to accelerate your mortgage pay down, right? You're going to start doing something called snowball mortgages. The simple thing for snowball mortgages is when one mortgage gets paid off, all the money and all the payment that was going for that one just goes to the next mortgage. And then all that money goes there. And then when you pay that one, you snowball it. And what's the snowball look like when it goes downhill? It just keeps rolling and just keeps rolling and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what we're planning to do here. That's what you're going to do during this time. You're also going to get some sophisticated legal and accounting structuring at during this time as well. And then the last thing you're going to do on this one is you're, you know, you're going to get some savvy tax planning. You're going to have a good accountant to help you maybe with the right structure and the right way to um, plan this. Maybe you're going to start setting up things like family trusts. Maybe this this is the time that you implement the whole Smith maneuver strategy during this whole time frame as well, where you convert all the debts into that. And then, but eventually we're going to be paying off all this debt. Okay. So that's what you do during phase number three. Okay. So let's, let's back it up here for a second. So phase one was we're, you, you know, you, you, first of all, you learn this concept. Phase one is your acquisitions. Okay. Phase two, once you've got your portfolio, let's say nine properties in this case scenario, you then impeccably manage it and you manage it very tightly and you just start doing other business strategies and you make some money. Then phase three, that's phase two is impeccable management. Phase three is you're going to start looking to planning and looking towards divesting. And then so then obviously phase number four, the next phase from here is that you're going to divest and pay off, right? So this is in year 15. Remember, you bought nine, you impeccably manage those nine for essentially 10 years, let's call it, you know, 10 plus years. Now you're at year 15 and you're going to sell off six places. You're going to pay out the taxes. You're going to pay out money partners. You're going to pay off, the, you know, our good friends with the government, CRA. You're going to pay off the remaining mortgages on your properties. And what you're going to be left with is three free and clear properties. Now, here's a question that usually pops up at this time is, you know, Russ is, you know, what if the numbers are different? What if I bought nine and I only have to sell three and I can keep six? Obviously, that's you'd, you'd want to do that. Remember, these are just conservative ratios and conservative numbers. By all means, if you bought nine places and you can sell off three and pay off six, that would be fantastic. Obviously, you would be in better position. Or maybe you bought nine and you had to sell off seven and keep two. 
that's okay too. Okay, so just remember, all these things change. The difference will come down to the market conditions, in my personal opinion. Mortgage pay down will be fairly consistent. Hopefully the cash will be fairly consistent. You keep reinvesting it back in, you keep paying those mortgages down. The wild card will be on the market that is going, you know, what will happen in the market conditions. So that's why I would encourage you to buy into a market with a future, not a past, buy into a market that has strong GDP, this market that has strong population growth, a market that's affordable, a market that people are moving in, a market that has rents that you can go up, a market that's favorable for landlord and tenant rules, a market that is favorable to grow. Okay, market that's at a bottom of a cycle poised to go up, not at a market that's at a top of a cycle that maybe will go down for a little while. That is the one big wild card is the market conditions. Okay, so that's phase number four. And then phase number five, so here's another phase. After this is after you've sold the property, paid your partners, paid your taxes, paid everything off, and you paid off those uh, last few mortgages, you're going to build a moat and you're going to protect this from you. Okay, if I first encourage you at this time, if you're if you've done this, so let's say after 15 years, number one thing you're going to do, you know, first and foremost, okay, sorry if I'm pandering here, you're going to buy me a coffee, right? You learn this and then you're going to go out and you're going to say, Ross, you know what? Here's a chai latte, if you will. Right? And you're going to go out and you're going to, because this is maybe where you heard this the first time. And you're going to go then, you're going to go celebrate. You're going to go celebrate this. But more importantly than you buying me a coffee and you celebrating for you, you're going to teach others. You're going to share this with others. You're going to pass this down maybe to the, your kids. You're going to pass this down to a next generation. And you're going to share this business model and this framework with others. You're going to then incorporate some asset in protection programs. But most importantly, you're going to protect this from you. You're mostly going to protect this um, portfolio from you. You're going to make it extremely difficult for you to be able to access the equity sitting in this portfolio because I can already see it. You're going to sit there and go, hmm, I got this three properties over here. It's like $2.2 million in free and clear. I got two and a half, $2.2 million sitting over here. Well, I'll just borrow against that and I'll get 10 more, 10 more million dollars in real estate. You're going to be your worst enemy in this. And one of the things I help people out with this is maybe you, you separate yourself from it. And if you ever were to touch the golden goose, you actually have to make an application to a board of directors in order to do that. And if you're going to lop off and chop off a wing of the golden goose, you need to have a darn good reason why you're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to make an application to other people. You need to protect it from you. Okay. And then what do you do after all that? You know, I'm a firm believer is what do you do after that? Yeah, you just go do whatever the heck you want, right? You've done it. You've gotten out of the effective rat race. And we're talking about you, you have assets that are now paying you on a monthly basis and they're paying you um, probably more than your living costs. So you celebrate and you just go do whatever you want. And then I suggest what you do at the same time then is what do you do? You just potentially go do it again. So think about it. You built an entire portfolio of properties over here. Like, let's say you got one pro portfolio of properties that are free and clear. You probably have other assets over here. Maybe you have private lending arrangements. You have other things over here. And but you have this one asset, and you know that your day-to-day -day expenses are covered. 
you know, and you just know that how, how nice of a feeling that sleep well at night. You just know your day-to-day expenses are covered. You can maybe go build another business. You can take a little bit more of a risk over here, but you just know that you're covered no matter what happens. If this property or this portfolio over here loses some money, you're covered. The golden goose will keep laying those golden eggs over here for you. Okay, so now let's talk more about, let's do a case study. Let's get right into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about some real life numbers. And what I'm gonna share with you in this is we're gonna talk about some brand new houses. We're gonna talk about some brand new suited houses in one market. I'm not gonna share the market, what it is, because this is one of the ones where everyone go, well, my market is in this. This is a real life market. These are real life numbers. And you probably can guess which market it's going to be based upon if you've watched any of my other YouTube videos or any of that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to, I don't want us to get hung up on this. I also don't want to get hung up on that suited houses at the same time. I'm just here to share with you one type of thing. Yours could be literally buy three 24 unit apartment buildings, sell two of them and keep one right? It could be by 30 units, right? It could be just all that kind of stuff. It could be different markets and different asset class, but the process, the framework is the same. Okay. So what we're going to share here is number one is you're going to buy, um, three of these $550,000 suited houses. Actually, it's going to be by nine, right? The uh, rent, including utilities, is $3,600. The monthly pro forma cash flow on this is about 80 bucks a month. And it's just very conservative with this. It is repairs and maintenance is built in, vacancies built in, mortgage interest rate, current interest rates at the time uh, we were doing this were right around that 5% you were able to get with a 30-year amortization. So first and foremost, a lot of people will sit there and go, well, that's that's not very great, Russ, you know, 80 buck cash flow. Um, but stick with me here for a second. Things change over time. Cash flows change. And, um, you know, there's innovative ways of, of being able to to um, bolster cash flow. I know for a fact, one of the things my um, business partner, my business relationship uh, that I have in Edmonton, and I'm buying properties from him all the time, is one of the things that we're looking at is having the developers include the property taxes for two years into the purchase price. The builders will pay property taxes out of the purchase price. The other thing is um, our property management expenses will be paid out of uh, the, in the sale price, we'll build it into the sale price. So let's say property management for for two years was $7,000. Add $7,000 to the purchase price, as long as it still appraises, then $7,000 gets transferred over to the property manager. You have free property management for 24 months. You have free property management for 24 months and you have the builder and developers paid the property tax for 24, 24 months. And then in 24 months, you've raised your rents probably two more times over that course of time. And maybe interest rates have come down, all of a sudden now that 80 is now 380. It's now 480. It's 500 bucks a month. So there's just innovative ways that you potentially can do this. So just be creative with the people that you're working with to um, to bolster those cash flow for you as well. And I would stack up um, a market that... Um, doesn't have rent controls against any market that has rent controls that you have a greater flexibility to be able to increase your revenue on a go forward basis. Okay, so that's on a suited house. Um, so the conservative plan going forward is you take then all that cash flow that you get, you reinvest it back into the property, you look at new properties, they're quality properties, they're high end, they're great tenant, they're easy to rent out, they got a wow factor to them, and then you have an aggressive pay down strategy once you've got the properties. Now remember, we bought nine. 
Every six months, we bought a new one for five years, and you were going full bore for, for, for that, and you followed that three, two, one framework. Remember, bought nine, sold six, keep three free and clear. Okay, so let's take a look at what the numbers would look like in say 15 years if you have no growth. So here's the no growth model. Now, I know that's a, an unrealistic example. Some people say, well, Russ, why would you ever have a no growth model, right? Let's take a look at this. Let's remove risk. Let's remove this. Let's be extremely conservative on what we're trying to accomplish here. Let's be extremely conservative and let's just run the model that there was no um, there was no um, um, equity appreciation over 15 years, a zero growth model, right? So in 15 years, you followed the framework, you had the discipline, you had free and clear properties, and you had 100%, you get the cash flow from the portfolio, okay? So in 15 years, what would those numbers look like? So the value would still be 550,000. It would be the same as what you paid for. And let's also assume that you did not, were not able to raise your rents. You had no rental inflation at the same time. Your net cash flow will be 2160. Your annual cash flow will be 2600, 26,000. And oh, let me back up here a second. That would be based upon how do I how did I calculate that number? That number was calculated based upon the $3,600 rent that you were getting when you first rented it. And then I factored in a 40% operating expense ratio, meaning you would keep 60% of the rent, which is the 2160. So gang, you still sticking with me here, right? Are we, are we, are we still bringing some fire, right? Since, you know, anytime we have some fire, right? A bomb gets set off at the same time, gang. Woo-wee, it's getting hot in here, especially when we start talking numbers, right? And everybody's in talking numbers. Um, people get very excited. I know I get excited. I'm fired up here as well. So let's talk about that zero growth model. So remember, every property that you purchase is worth to your pension plan, 550,000, and it's worth $26,000 a year in income. That is what it's worth to you. So remember, we're building out that pension plan, right? Every asset you buy, I don't just look at one house as just one house. I don't just look at that. I look at that one house in 15 years will be worth a half a million dollars to my pension plan and be worth $26,000 a year. That's how I look at it, as opposed to just one one more property, one more tenant, one more. It just, it helps you frame it to be able to do the work when things get a little bit difficult. Now, let's see, remember, we bought nine, sold six, kept three. So what would three properties look like? What would three properties look like at a 0% growth model? You would literally have $1.6 million in assets and you would have... $78,000 a year. So if each property is worth $550,000 to you, remember, buy nine, sell six, keep free, free and clear. So if you had three free and clear properties at 1.6 at 550,000 each, your your pension plan would be worth 1.65 million and your cash flow would be $78,000 a year. So that's pretty decent. That's actually a decent count. That's a decent pension plan. But as we know, gang, real estate does go up with inflation. Real estate will grow over time. So let's put in a little 2% growth model. I'm not doing anything giant. Like we're not doing six, seven, eight, 10, 12%. We're just going to do a little 2% inflation model over the course of time. So let's take the same framework, same model. You're going to do three, two, one free in 15 years. You're going to have still those free and clear properties. And we're going to apply a 2% per year inflation model to the asset and also the income that you're going to generate from the same time as well. So those 
houses that you bought for 550000 15 years ago are now going to be worth 740000 Your net cash flow is going to be $2,900, and that's $4,850. So essentially, on 3600 at a 2% growth per year of the rent, still at a 40% expense uh, operating expense ratio, your cash flow would be $2,900, just shy of $3,000 a month. So you'd be just shy of $3,500. So if you factor in that 2% growth model, every asset that you buy is worth just shy of three quarters of a million dollars. Okay, and every property that you buy will contribute to you on a monthly basis just shy of $35,000 based upon a simple 2% growth model. Now, these kind of numbers get me excited. I hope this gets you really excited at the same time, is now you're building out that real estate pension plan. So this is where we got the $2.2 million pension, is you're gonna have three free and clear properties in 15 years factored on a 2% growth model. You're gonna have one property is worth 740, two properties 1.5, three properties is 2.2 at $105,000 a year in income. That is how you generate your $2.2 million pension and your $105,000 a year income stream by just following the model of buying nine, selling six, keeping three. Now, it could be buy three, sell two, keep one, okay? So there's lots of just different ways. It could be buy 30, sell 20, keep 10, right? Whatever your strategy is and whatever your numbers are, are your numbers, okay, gang? So remember, that was the goal. The goal that we did, the thesis we wanted to prove from the very beginning was how do we create a $2.2 million pension plan that generates $105,000 per year? Now, here's the next couple, I'm gonna answer a couple questions that pop up here a little bit. And I've been doing this for long enough. Here's usually the next questions that people will ask is question number one is how much money is required for me to do this, right? If I wanna buy nine properties, you know, if they're $550,000 each, and I'm just gonna use a fairly round number of 25%, you'll have to need access to about $1.2 million in capital. Now, for most of you, you probably don't have $1.2 million in capital sitting in your bank account. So you're going to have to sit, you sit there and go, well, how the, heck, Ross, how the heck do I buy nine properties in five years? So anyone interested in that answer? right? So here's what I would suggest you do is make sure you're subscribed to my podcast. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe to it, get notifications every week when a new episode comes out or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Here's a couple uh, QR codes for you. If you're interested in jumping on board and subscribing, whether you're Apple podcast lister or Spotify, scan those codes, listen to that. Cause that's one of the things that I do literally every single day when I wake up is I think about how do I help investors move forward. And if you like video, by all means, I'm just having a blast. You're probably maybe watching this on YouTube. If you're on YouTube already, hit that subscribe, hit that bell notification button, gang. You know what? Be part of the be part of the program. Uh, be in there. Learn all about this. This is what I get up every single day when I wake up is what I'm trying to do is trying to help you build a portfolio of properties. Now, let me just break it down even more. My entire content strategy of what I do is to solve problems, add value for others. Okay. So what we have to first do is let's determine what are, what are the biggest problems and obstacle real estate, real estate investors face. Real estate investors face, here are the five biggest obstacles. Number one is time. Number two is education. Number three is attitude. 
or mindset. You can call it that way. Number four is money and team. Okay, so lack of time, lack of education, lack of attitude, lack of money, and lack of team. That's what I do every single day when I get up is to add value to help you solve one of those five obstacles. I try to be a solution provider, and that's what my YouTube channel and my podcast is here to do for you, is to help you bust through all those biggest obstacles, because I'm a firm believer is if you do the work, if you have the courage to do the work, and if you put in the time and effort to eliminate all the obstacles facing you in this game of real estate, the only thing left facing you is success. Okay, game? So that's what we're here to do is if you're interested in taking the next step, jump on in there as well. Now, one of the things I'm going to share with you here is and, and I know I'm going to get this in the comments, and this is a comment and question I get all the time, which is totally fine, but I want to answer it now before we sign off here as well, because it'll save you maybe from sending an email or something like that. So here's a couple big buts that people will always say in this. So for example, if you're raising money, like for example, if you did not have $1.2 million in cash in your own resources, you actually have to go out there and you have to do some joint ventures. You have to raise capital from other people. You have to be able to, um, you know, potentially split equity with a group of people, all those kind of wonderful things there. So if you are doing a joint venture, if you have to do a 50-50, the ratios still hold, but what you'll need is you'll actually have to buy more properties, right? So for example, if you do a 50-50 split on your joint ventures, you'll need 18 properties as opposed to nine. But remember, if you're doing this correctly, or if you learn from me from all the resources, or you become a member of the Raising Capital Academy, that's what we do is we help you bust through all those obstacles. You can learn how to do this, how to raise that capital, and then 18 properties. Now, if you don't put any of your own money into and it just will be come down to your your network on who you're able to approach. People within your network that maybe will have access to the capital. Or maybe you have a hybrid model. Maybe you start with $360,000 for yourself. And so you buy three properties at 100% ownership. And then you do 12 properties at 50% ownership. So you'd need 15 properties. See how the math works there? I just want to give you a couple things. And I just know because I've been doing this presentation for long enough, that's a question that always will pop up is just those questions. And then the last thing I'm going to just say with, share with you, if any time during this presentation, you were maybe having uh, a thought process of, um, well, you know, this just won't work. Russ, this won't work. You know, stick with me for a second here. Why not change and reframe it from that won't work to how can I make this work? People have made this work. People have done this. And if buying nine properties in five years frightens you, I know hundreds of people that have bought more in a shorter period of time, in a shorter period of time. So it 100% can be done if you have the right network, if you have the right people that you uh, align yourself with, if you have the right mindset, if you have the right attitude to help you move forward. Okay, gang? So I'm going to leave. That's the formal training of this presentation. And uh, so we're right around that 50-minute mark. Um, and I think I'm going to leave it there. So there's a lot more to unpack and to uncover. And I'm going to make a commitment to helping you 
you know, how do you snowball the mortgages? Which which ones do you pay off first? I'm going to do a lot more in depth into that as well. As a matter of fact, I also have a four part series on my YouTube channel about what are the next steps? How do you bust through these? And maybe I'll reshoot each and every one of those because I think it's been three or four years now since those were first delivered and um, I'm better. I'm a better presenter. I, you know, I've done more of these. The studio production is higher quality and uh, there's always new in insights into this as well. So maybe I'll, I'll dive into that before we head off. One of my favorite stories I want to end off here is on a thought process about being resourceful. Resourcefulness. It's not just about the re resources you have access to. It's about being resourceful. And everybody out there in the marketplace right now are all involved in the same situation. They have all the same stimulus. They have the same interest rates. They have the same market conditions. They have the same time constraints. They all have the same things. Now, the story goes as follows. Is there was this young fellow and he was uh, having uh, breakfast one morning and he was having breakfast with mom and, and with his mom and he was sitting there going, he goes, you know, life just kind of sucky right now, right? I, you know, I'm having trouble with, with my girlfriend and, Jobs just not really satisfying right now. I'm just, I'm just feel, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm spinning my tires. I just, nothing's really going, going my way right now. And so his mother looks at him lovingly and says, you know, dear, why don't, why don't we do this for a second? Do me a huge favor. Go, go over to the stove, grab three pots. Get those three pots out of the, the, you know, underneath the stove. You get the pots out of that. Get those pots, fill them up to, you know, about halfway full with water. Okay. Put them on the burners on the stove and crank up the heat. Okay. And the son's going, look at him. Mom go, Mom, what the heck are you talking about? What are we doing here? Why am I putting boiling pots of water on here? Just stick with me here for a second, son. So they just chatted more about it. He's, mom was asking more questions and getting more details about what's going on in their son's life and unpacking a few more things. And then all of a sudden, the, the water started boiling on all three of the pots. Okay, son, go to the fridge and go grab some eggs, go grab some carrots, and go grab some coffee beans from the pantry and bring those all out. And the son's just going, what the heck is going on here? This just makes no sense, mom. What are you doing? Okay, so put some carrots into the first pot, put the raw eggs into the second pot, and then put the coffee beans into the little filter and the little strainer and put it into the third pot, okay? And then they let them boil for a little bit. And then after a time, they pulled them off the stove, pulled out the first batch was the uh, the carrots. Son, tell me about the carrots. If you pull them out and you look at, oh, they're all, they're mushy. Their carrots are all mushy. So mom looks at her son and said, so the carrots went in hard to the hard boiling water and they came out soft. Okay, good. What's the next one? The eggs. Well, the eggs, well, they're a hard-boiled egg. Crack it open, it's a hard-boiled egg. So the egg went in fragile and went in soft, because if you would have broke that out, it would have been just yolk. It would have spilled all over the place. And then it came out hard. Okay, so let's just talk about this. So they went into the exact same stimulus of the boiling water. The carrots went in hard, came out soft. The eggs went in soft, came out hard. Now, what's the third pot. The third pot, well, that's coffee. It's legitimately a cup of coffee, right? So we're sitting here and having ourselves a wonderful cup of coffee now. And what is coffee like in the morning, son? Oh, man, I can't go without my Timmy's. My double-double on the way to work. Coffee is, coffee is life <laughs> every morning. And so here's the thing. Here's the message that the mom says to her son. All three of those things, the carrots, the eggs, and the coffee bean, all went into the exact same stimulus. 
boiling water. One went in hard, came out soft. One went in soft, came out hard. The coffee beans went into the boiling water and they changed the entire environment. They changed the game. They changed the water. They turned boiling water into delicious coffee. Okay? So, son, here is the message I want to leave with you. In every situation that you are in, be the coffee bean. Be the one that goes into the stimulus. Be the one that goes into the environment and changes the environment. Don't let the environment change you. And with that being said, gang, I'm going to enjoy this really nice, delicious cup of coffee to end this off. So what did you think of the updated version? Hope you got yourself some wonderful new insights. And maybe you've you've heard the original back in episode 34 or 35 or something. I probably should go back. I got a spreadsheet here of all that. So it was the original was on episode number 34. So pretty good guess, actually. Um, But I've updated it, changed some numbers. And just, just, just think about this for a second, guys. Gang, every year the numbers potentially will change. And maybe I'll make a point of every springtime of updating the presentation and just bringing it out again and just refreshing it. Um, But your conditions will change. Your conditions will vary. Real estate is local. Real estate, uh, your um, your cash flow numbers, the properties you buy, the areas you buy, everything is 100% uh, dependent upon you. And there's like 7,000 variables to put together something like this. So that's where I actually had an idea over this past weekend when I was just kind of thinking about it. And that was to think about maybe this could be like a, a weekend workshop or a month-long modular program. Because honest to goodness, um, in this in this plan, I identify five phases, like phase one, acquisition, phase two, mortgage, manage and pay down, phase three, planning and preparation, phase four, divest and pay out, phase five, build a moat and protect and potentially do it again. Each one of those phases could be an entire week-long process. Like seriously, like the whole thing and just acquisitions. That's one of the reasons why I put together the Raising Capital Academy is how do you acquire a portfolio of properties in that period of time? And then maybe the, the next part is how do you manage and pay down? And then maybe some accountants come in and the divesting strategy and the planning and the preparation, the payouts, all that kind of stuff. Maybe we just take this to the next step and maybe even I, I mean, I was even brain, brainstorming it and whiteboarding it. Maybe this could be a book. Maybe it could be a workbook. Maybe it could be a conference. Maybe it could be something. But anyways, that's where my brain went this past weekend. But here's the question I have for you. Would you have any interest in taking a deeper dive into this program, to taking a deeper dive into taking each one of these modules and really just granulize it? If that's, is that even such a word, granular? I guess it would be, is to take it down to really a minute um, step-by-step process for you. What's your plan? Now understand, we're talking about over a 15-year time frame, and things change, things pivot, but it's really good to have a plan in place that you can keep coming back to and refresh every single year. And if something pivots, you change it from there. Okay, so that's the ask I have of you, is if you are interested in maybe... Uh, me taking the time to further develop this even more for you, let me know. Send me an email, hello at russellwescott.com. Send me some kind of a note or or better yet, 
put put some feedback into the um, into the podcast, into the Apple Podcast Player. Uh, leave a review, obviously, and let me know if you'd like to have even more detail. We'll we'll um, and I'll see if there's a lot of interest. I will 100 percent take a deeper dive into that for you. But anyways, long winded way of saying I'm crowdsourcing. I'm looking if there's if this is a value for you guys that are listening. If it is a value and you'd like to hear more, let me know, let me know and we'll take the time to really build it out. Okay, game. With all that being said, we have some wonderful episodes upcoming. I hope you are loving the Friday Fire editions. Those are ones that I just, uh, you know, on my on my daily walks when I get out there, I have something on my heart and something on my mind, and I just want to just share some fire with you. And I had somebody saying, "Russ, you're you're sure breathing really heavy in this." Well, that's because I'm filming it while I'm on my walk. And uh, if any of you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, or even I'm trying this whole thing of TikTok and all that kind of stuff, if you're there or on my um, profile page on my Facebook, my my personal page is just kind of for birthday wishes and dog pictures. And my profile page is where I put all my real estate content, all the content there as well. And that's where I'm posting all that. But I'm also really grooving on the YouTube shorts, the micro content. It's just part of a strategy to just distribute the message a little bit more. But it's just something that I have on my, uh, that I just have as a thought process. I ha- I hear uh, uh, an idea and then I just want to share my take on something that's going on. So I hope you're enjoying those Friday fire episodes and, and guess what? They come out on Fridays. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Hang on a sec here. Oh, <laughs> sorry that's my attempt at humor by the way <laughs> all right gang i think i'll leave it there because i'm getting a little bit giddy here <laughs> you know maybe it's that all that uh talking about insurance and all that kind of stuff it's uh it's it's going to my brain here and gang remember you know how we end off each and every one of these podcasts in every interaction you have with another person always leave them feeling inspired encouraged and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.